a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys, episode 15. This is our look at the upcoming week 15 games across the NFL, and if you would have listened to us last week, the only problem you'd have is trying to find a way to spend all your winnings. In this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks, talk with the president, and also get to your news of the week. But first... With me, as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge. How's it going, Maddie? It's going well, buddy. How about you? It, well, it's good. I think you're not being entirely uh, forthcoming uh, for our listeners. Maddie's actually battling bronchitis. Um, so we uh, appreciate the fact that you're a trooper and we get the episode done and get it out soon enough for everyone to, you know, make the picks, make some money. And speaking of which, it's kind of what happened last week. Um, we were 12-3 and three against the spread. Uh, obviously, we don't include Thursday night games. Um, but it was certainly a, a great week for us. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Now, normally, we need to wait until our teams, that would be the Bears and the 49ers, to play each other for at least one of them to have a win. True However, that... This week, both teams won on the road in totally different cities. The 49ers are riding a two-game winning streak with Jimmy G, which, in fact, um, is better than the Patriots, the Vikings, the Saints, and the Eagles. So yeah. The Eagles are worried about two-game winning streak right now, man. The Eagles right now are worried about having to spell fucked. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, uh, F-O-L-E-S, I think is the way that they're addressing that <laughs> one. Um, but actually, he's not the, uh, you could have worse backup quarterbacks in the league. You, know, you could. Anderson. You could. I think uh, he's going to be a good little placeholder. Well, I guess not really a placeholder. He's going to have to win it out, isn't he? Yeah, but. they better, they, they're playoff bound, so he's got to, <laughs> he's got to do something. Well, I kind of figured, well, we, we said a couple episodes ago, I you might see a, uh, an entirely Pennsylvanian um, Super Bowl matchup. Um, it's unfortunate when you see a guy like Wentz go down. Like it really the guy is. is. The guy was quickly becoming the face of the league, taking over from an older Tom Brady. and uh, He was playing lights out, and now he's on the sidelines. But uh, Nick Foles, as I say, he's a uh, pretty good guy to have um, in the second spot there. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that game a little bit later. Let's, uh, let's go on to news of the week. The NFL Network and ESPN have suspended five former players, including Hall of Famer Marshall Falk, due to allegations in a court filing Monday accusing them of repeated sexual harassment when they were at the NFL Network. Other ex-players named in the suit include Ike Taylor and Heath Evans, who along with Falk were suspended by the NFL Network, as well as Donovan McNabb and Eric Davis, who now work for ESPN. Well, perhaps the league could simply put some money into studying the cause and effect relationship between concussions and the ability to act with common decency and respect. Well, in Marshall Falk's defense, it can be difficult for a retired running back to stop trying to drive hard to the hole. 
But uh, I could just see Warren Sapp doing his Christmas shopping. Oh, look at those dildos. I bet you Melissa from accounting and Jane from HR would love these. Now I wonder if I can find some matching Bavarian nipple clamps. <laughs> All I know is this is going to make one hell of a 30 for 30 episode. Yeah, no doubt, man. If he gives his coworkers sex toys, I wonder what he gives his hookers. That's a trick question, my friend. He doesn't pay his hookers. NASA researchers are studying the formation of a new Pacific Ocean island in order to find clues for where to search for past life on Mars. Located in the South Pacific nation of Tonga, Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai began forming after the eruption of an underwater volcano December 2014. According to NASA, similar islands may have arisen on Mars when that planet had surface water. Studying this new island, NASA says, could help scientists pinpoint similar locations on Mars that could have evidence of past life. Well, in an entirely unrelated story, Roger Goodell is still looking for places for which to expand the NFL. The season featured four games in the UK and one in Mexico. It is rumored that the league is considering other locations within Europe and possibly Canada. Andy... Mars would make complete sense as a destination. Think about it. Goodell wouldn't have to deal with the issues of legalized gambling, anthem protests, and relatively low incidents of sexual harassment. Well, now that you mention it, forget about expansion. How about relocating the Browns there? You know, its orbit is over 687 days long. It would take them almost twice as long to get to 0-16. It's about that time. Let's fire it up with our weekly picks. All right, let's start with a Thursday night game with the Broncos of Denver traveling across the country to play in the Hoosier state of Indiana. Uh, Woody did make his pick. It was a contentious one, but after a booth review, uh, it was established that Woody uh, had picked the Colts. Um, He even went so far as to make a guarantee this week which was that he would guarantee he would not be watching this game. And this is the first uh, Thursday where Woody had to pick, where we had to actually go to the review. The officials had to make a ruling. And I actually learned something this week. See, Woody went over and he nibbled on the Broncos dish. Correct. But but did not finish the, the football move. He did not finish the football move. He went to the Colts and remained in possession of the Colts' ball when the, uh, when the play was over. So Until its result, entirety, yeah, it was It's finished. a Colts so pick. It was a Colts pick, yeah. And, um, New York had to get involved, but, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know, I think it was a pretty clean result, so we'll see what happens. All right, this Saturday, my Bears roll into Detroit. Detroit needs to stay alive, and they are five-point favorites at home against the Bears. Well, as much as we both hate Thursday night games, me loves me Saturday games in December. Most definitely. Oh, yeah. This one opened at a touchdown. So, obviously, there's been a lot of Chicago money coming in. Uh, it's pretty significant line movement already. Um, I think that's probably as a result of the recency effect. Last week, they won by 26 points, their highest margin of victory in over five years. Now, 
They beat the Bengals at home, but the Bengals were beat up, beat the crap out of yeah, them the week before by and the Steelers. Emotionally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? So you can understand wh- how that happened. I mean, that, that game just ended up slipping away with them in the, in the second half. Um, now, these two teams have faced each other early in the season. Detroit won at Soldier Field by field goal, 27-24. But now they're playing at Ford Field inside. And... Right now, the difference is that uh, Detroit's looking for a playoff spot, and the Bears aren't. Let me ask you this, Maddie: As a Bears fan, where do you feel this is going? You know what, man? I don't like picking. I, I never bet on my. Well, I bet on my team when I want to just, you know, don't care if I lose money because I always want the Bears to win. And last week was a nice, pleasant surprise. I mean, it doesn't seem like we put up points like that since Rex Grossman. So <laughs> it probably was Rex Grossman. It probably was <laughs> Actually, Rex that game Grossman. Five years. You know, well, they had a they, they had a fantastic year that year. Uh, that was a fantastic offense. This one, uh, they're just learning to play with each other right now with a, a rookie quarterback. You know, Matt Stafford at home, and you're right, man, playing for a playoff spot. I would have to say, the the sharp money's got to go to Detroit, especially now that it's under a touchdown. Well, I think you know, I think it was the sharp money that moved the line from seven to five to begin with, but I think it's gone a little bit too far. Um, Detroit doesn't really have any running game to speak of. Um, that being said, the Bears don't really have any offense to speak of. Yep. Um, so it's going to, I don't know, it's going to be weird. I'm not, uh, you know, some games, some games we really like, some games we're on the fence with. But um, I guess sim- if from a, simply from a motivation standpoint, I'm going to like Detroit uh, because of their playoff contentions. And right now at five, um, hey, maybe they get a touchdown in overtime yeah detroit as well they the key here is are they going to show up for the first half and keep it within you know Mm, probably not but i don't think that matters yeah Um, i guess it really hasn't uh thus far so and chicago has not once recently demonstrated an ability to come back from behind so I don't know. I you know throw it to the halftime score. Who cares? Um, Detroit's going to light it up in the second half anyway. So anyway, uh, a good look is the under on the first half. Um, yeah, most definitely take the under on the first half. That is a good prop bet right there. Yeah. All right. Well, the next game, uh, an AFC West matchup between the Chargers and the Chiefs of Kansas City. Now, Kansas City is actually. Uh, sitting as one-point home dogs right now. Chargers have been playing really well. KC, well, they played a good game, but yeah, they did beat the Jets on the road. And that really does not make a contender. Um, And they've dusted off the rust from what we saw in November. And they did so without Thomas on their defense. Now, let's take a closer look who the Chargers have beaten this season. And it's no slight to them because they don't choose their their schedule. They lost the first four games. And since then, they've beaten Washington, Cleveland, Dallas, Buffalo, uh, Denver, and the Giants. Oh, and the Raiders. And not really a a who's who of the NFL's top No, but as I say, um, you know, they don't don't control that. Um, But KC, obviously, I don't really need to tell our listeners if they know anything about football. Arrowhead's a very tough place to play, especially – uh, at this time of the year. And, you know, you only have to go back to week five where everyone was crowning them as Super Bowl champions. They still got the same team in place. 
Um, I looked at the coaching matchup here. Anthony Lynn versus uh, Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid. I mean, like, it's not even close. It's not even close. Not even close. Uh, I, yeah, I really like this spot for KC. You know, we mentioned in the last game, didn't, you know, wouldn't go that with a 10-foot pole. I really like KC in this one. So um, it's rare that you'll get them as home dogs this late in the season. Uh, especially when they're in playoff contention, which they are. So, uh, and, and KC as home dogs at Arrowhead with their home record. Oh God, forget about it. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great pick. Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Sure, we'd be happy to take your money. Yep, just go to our Kickstarter page. Okay, nice idiot. Uh huh. Fuck you. Bye bye. All right, we move to Sunday. Arizona is going into the Washington professional football team's house, and Washington is favored by minus four and a half, and it's a great spot here for two reasons. Uh, Arizona has just won two straight. Washington's lost two straight. Oh, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, uh, Washington was doing an amazing job earlier in the season um, covering spreads with essentially a mash unit. Um, but the last couple of weeks, their injuries have sort of caught up with them. But now they're at home. And Arizona, you know, they've been winning and covering, but not in a convincing fashion. Last week, they scored 12 points in, in one outright. Uh, that's probably not going to get it done at D.C. All right, the Baltimore Ravens heading into Cleveland. The Browns, seven-point underdogs at home. And uh, more autofade. <laughs> Or, or maybe not. Um, l- let me explain. Well, so you, you saw what Cleveland I, choked that away last week? Are you kidding uh, me? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. They could have um, got themselves a W, but once again, they managed to place their own hands around their throat and gag well, themselves they out. They, they could have given us a push and they'd not let Devontae Adams run in the fucking end zone at the end of the game there. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so you saw what happened with the Bengals and the Bears last week, right? The Bears smacked the crap out of them. Yeah. But that was one week after the Bengals had played the Steelers, which is always yeah. a very black and blue game. And that's what happens to most teams after they play Pittsburgh. So if you look what happened with Baltimore did at primetime, they had every chance to win that game. And then, of course, you know, Pittsburgh sneaks in at the end. Uh, Eats it a win by one point. So not only was it an emotional loss, but physically, I'm sure it, it took its toll. So where am I going with this? Somewhere I don't really want to. <laughs> I feel like that, that, that dude in high school, even though he, he knows he's in the friend zone, still thinks he has a chance with that cheerleader. But all things considered, this is a good spot for the Browns, man. It really is. It really is. And I'm not the only one saying this because the line started at 7.5, and, and it got bet down to this key number. So um, other people are thinking it too. Um, I don't know how much you can overstate the effect, the or sorry, the after effect of playing a Steelers game. Um, you know, through two two row games like that in a row, and oh Jesus, I hate doing it. You're right. taking the Browns. You're right, dude. The it is a good spot for Cleveland. I will admit that. And this is also, I'll admit this. This is one of those games that I'm not going to. Uh, make a personal monetary investment in this weekend. No. Um, I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, but uh, we, we do pick all the games, and you're right. The problem is Joe Flacco sucks, but the Browns suck. 
Well, the Browns have found new and improved ways of sucking each week. Like, yeah. I didn't know you could suck that much in so many different ways. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Yeah. Which is kind of neat to watch. But yeah, like, I'm actually hoping that they, you know, they pull off the perfect season here. I honestly, I, I don't think the Lions should be the only. I think one. it's 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 hard to pull off to do. It's it, it really, really hard is. to pull off. Uh, but I think they, I think if there's an organization that can join the Detroit Lions, it's the Cleveland Browns. Well, do you know who do you know who Cleveland plays next week? Who's that? Your Bears. So <laughs> so, so let them get the one win out of their system now, and then uh, and then you're good. Excellent. Cincinnati, the Bungles. They bungled that away last week against my Bears. They face another NFC North opponent, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota's at home, and they are 10.5-point favorites. That's a big line, Manny. Big line. Huge. Minnesota, so their last three games have been against teams that had made the playoffs this uh, previous season. And no, no team in the history of the NFL has won three consecutive games on their own in the same scenario. Uh, you know, they let one sort of slip away. They were contending against the Panthers, but, you know, Cam Newton with a 62-yard little trot down the field uh, kind of sealed the deal for that one. And next week, Minnesota's got, who? A divisional game against the Packers, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers. So this is what I would think is a pretty big spread against a Cincinnati team with the exception of last week against your Bears, have been te- playing teams relatively closely. Yeah, within um, seven points. Yeah, a lot of them. I, in fact, most of the games this year have been within a touchdown. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're a powerhouse. Um, Minnesota typically holds uh, other offenses to 17 or fewer points per game. Um, but I, Minnesota can't really score that much. So do the math. I just, you know, I see Cincinnati covering here. Obviously, I don't think they're going to win, but uh, Minnesota keeps, he squeaks one out. I think a lot has to do with the fact that Carson Wentz is out, uh, which kind of puts them in the driver's seat in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the Saints, but, you know, they're playing in a division with, uh, with Atlanta, and it's, it's competitive over there. Right now, Minnesota, I think, is the front runner um, with a little bit of, I don't know, a little more confidence now that Wentz is out. I think they take their foot off the gas a little bit, just enough to win, but not cover. And speaking of Carolina, uh, that brings us into our next game where the Panthers are hosting Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at Green Bay. Right now, the Panthers are at minus two and a half. Now, with two consecutive overtime games, the Packers have actually played more December football than any other team in the league. We just talked about Carolina's gutsy performance against the Vikings. Um, and right now, they're yeah, they're in the hottest division. Saints, Falcons, all vying for playoff spots. You know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be 100%. I don't know. Put him at 80, put him at 70. Even at 70, he's still better than most quarterbacks. But apparently he's got a lot of extra hardware in his collarbone than he would normally have for an injury like that with the expectation that he was going to come back this season. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to affect him, but I'm I'm certain that the Panthers' defense is going to be putting a lot of pressure on him. 
Yeah, I'm with uh, the Panthers on this one. They played pretty well last week, too. They're, look, they're in contention for a playoff spot, as is Green Bay. But Carolina, I think, is the better team at home with the better defense. And Aaron Rodgers is an amazing quarterback. However, you still got to come back and get in rhythm. Yeah. It's very rare yeah. for a guy to come back and just start dropping it into tiny little spots. So, yeah. I, I mean, if anyone can do it, he can. But, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of rust. Um Especially off an injury, right? Yeah, it's not like a bye week or anything. He's he's gonna he's gonna have a, probably a, a tough first half adjusting, I would think. On to Jacksonville, where they're another big spread here, man. Twelve and a half point favorites against the uh, Houston Texan, Houston Texans. Sorry, uh, Jacksonville. Well, I- it uh, was actually um, it was a big spread to begin with at eleven and a half, and then it just ticked up by a full point today. So, man, uh, not sure what's moving that line movement, but anyway, what do you think? Like this is the easiest schedule for the season. Uh, riding little too high. Uh, I look for Blake Bortles to remember that he is Blake Bortles and Clowney and Cushing to have a bit of a field day with him. It was unfortunate watching Tom Savage against the Forty ers and the injury that he suffered. You know, when you see a guy twitching on the sidelines, and then they throw him back in, it's like, yikes. Uh, that was bad. But anyway, I think the uh, the team in the league are dealing with it uh, in an appropriate way. So TJ Yates is a backup. And, you know, he's a backup for a reason. But let me read to you, Matty, his draft profile reported by NFL.com. He sets up with balance. Clean three-quarter release. Can throw with timing and anticipation short to intermediate, understands ball placement, tries to put throws where only his receivers can make a play, flashes touch, tough and competitive, commands the huddle and shows good on-field demeanor, three-year starter. So I don't think they're losing a lot at the quarterback position going from Savage to Yates, and I think Jacksonville getting way the hell ahead of themselves. Twelve and a half points. Uh, this is going to be a slow-moving game. Uh there's no way that they're covering this. Agreed. Yeah. 12 and a half points for Blake Bortles. I don't think so. He'll get yeah. Houston pregnant before he covers 12 and a half points. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, he had, he, he had his game of the season last week, so don't look for that to continue. I love this cornbread so much. I want to take it behind a middle school and get it pregnant. All right. The next game of the docket features the Dolphins at Buffalo, an annual squish the fish game in upstate New York. Uh, team from South Florida is going into a very cold and hostile environment playing against the Bills. Maddie, Jesus Christ, this may be the only time I say it this year, but Jay Cutler really looked good last week against the Patriots. I mean, don't get me wrong, very disinterested, but still really good. I did the whole face palm when I, when I watched Monday <laughs> night. I just was like, what the fuck? He used to do that for it with us at the Bears, too, every now and then. Oh, I know. Show oh, yeah. you exactly why the scouts like him. Yep. And then the next week, once again. Just craps the bed. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so now they're on a short week. And as you said, like looking for him to do that in consecutive games, especially going on the road, you know, in a Bills team that's in still in the playoff hunt. I, obviously, I don't know. This uh, this line was off the board pretty much until today because uh, we don't know if Tyron is playing. He is, by the way. Um, I think the line's a little bit lazy. I mean, what else, what else do you expect from a divisional matchup? Just throw it three point on the home home team. Uh, again, I I wouldn't 
I wouldn't bet with your money on this, but if you put a gun <laughs> to my head, um, I think Buffalo, what I think is going to happen here is a push, to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, um, so I'll predict that. But I think Buffalo, uh, you know, as long as this line stays at three or, or below, I'm, uh, it'd be hard to go off the bills. All right, we go to New Orleans, where this is a ginormous spread. 16-point favorites over the visiting New York Jets. So, big juicy spread, but wait a second here. Bryce Petty for the Jets? Shouldn't a guy named Bryce Petty be on a NASCAR circuit? Well, it's either Bryce Petty or Christian Hackenberg. Talk about Sophie's choice. Um <laughs> Well, the Saints, they'll be pulling out all the stops, and they need to keep pace divisionally with Carolina and Atlanta. I mean, said, 16 points still requires two touchdowns on the field to cover, unless you're the Steelers, which is just two touchdowns and two successful two-point conversions. Who the hell has ever uttered the sentence, now we're screwed without Josh McCowan? No one. No one. No one. But joking aside, the guy has done nothing but put on a clinic for the gangrene. Yeah, he's been really good this year. He's thrown for damn near three hundred, uh, or sorry, three thousand yards passing. I think it's just over twenty nine hundred. He had a uh, completion percentage of over sixty seven. Eighteen touchdown passes to nine interceptions. He had a quarterback rating of ninety four and a half, which at this point in the season is better than Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton. Kamara looks like he's starting, but you would think one week removed from concussion protocol, his role will be limited. Regardless of which Jets backup starts, expectations could not be lower. No one is going to blame you on a loss in the Big Easy. That means you can be more aggressive with the play calling. There aren't too many spots where I could ever back a team at more than two TDs. This isn't one of them. Pick the Jets. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Um, that spread's just too big. These are professional athletes, professional football players. Um, the Jets have done nothing but show effort this year. Yeah, they lost. They lost a tough one in Denver last week, and I know they're on the road again. Um, but look for New Orleans to win, but not cover. All right. Um, wow, an NFC East matchup: Philadelphia Eagles at the New York. Football Giants. This one started eight and a half and has ticked down from there. Obviously, everyone knows that uh, Carson Wentz will not be playing. The biggest question, I think, to me from a line standpoint, what does Nick Foles mean to the line for him being under center as opposed to Carson Wentz? You know, normally when you've got a big quarterback like Wentz go down, you know, it's anywhere between four and six points. So does that mean if Wentz was in there? That this would be 11 on the road? I, I don't know. I, I find that hard to believe. But we kind of picked the Jets, or sorry, rather the Giants last week um, in a big bounce back spot against the Cowboys. They get their new coach, Steve Spagnola. Eli's back in the, uh, the, back in the lineup. Yeah, but Eli was, <laughs> Eli was in the lineup before and they were fucking garbage. He was in, yes, he was in the lineup before and they were. Yeah, they were they sucked, but you figured last week if they were going to have a comeback spot, it would yeah, have been last it week. It would have been. And they last didn't week. do that, right? It's, you know, especially a divisional game. Well, here's another divisional game, and Philadelphia is really. I think you know because of the Carson Wentz 
injury, the rest of the team is going to rally around. They're going to do everything they can. They're going to be well-prepared, well-disciplined. And I think they're going to put on a goddamn clinic here in the Big Apple. I really do. Um, well, these guys, they got a shot at the title this year, right? Yeah. You know, these guys aren't going to roll over and just be like, oh, Carson Wentz is gone. We're fucked. Let's pack it in. Right? No. They still have a ton of amazing football players on their team. And they're not playing New Orleans or Minnesota or the Rams this week. They're playing the Giants. Oh, yeah. And the last I checked, they still got JHIA, LeGarrette Blunt, and probably the baddest front seven in the whole league. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think this is a good spot for the for the Eagles to cover here on the road. Well, you, you hate to lay chalk like that over a touchdown on the road on a divisional game, but, I mean, come on. It's freaking Giants, man. Don't worry about it. All right. Let's yeah, enough talk about the goddamn Giants. All right, um, let's, let's move out <laughs> west then. This will be yeah, actually well, a really good game, man. Seattle at home against the Rams. Seattle yeah. two-and-a-half-point favorites, but, man, don't count out the Rams in this spot. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting uh, interesting matchup. For you comic book lovers out there, I would compare this to Superman versus Spider-Man. So the Man of Steel can stop bullets with his hand, reverse time, and shoot lasers out of his eyes. Spider-Man is a great acrobat if there are tall buildings around. And yes, I'm comparing Russell Wilson to Spider-Man. Except there are no tall buildings, not even tall, confident linemen to protect him in the pocket. This one-man Broadway show comes down to an end in Seattle when Pete can't control my players at the end of the game. Carol witnesses what a complete team looks like. I'm actually astonished that the Rams are getting so little respect here. Um, it's almost uh, a field goal underdogs. Let me tell you this. Pete Carroll can't just can not control his players, man. He couldn't do it in college either. USC had to vacate some wins, actually like an entire season, and Reggie Bush had to give back his Heisman Trophy under Pete Carroll. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, he's a player's coach, all right. <laughs> but, no, I, um, I think that L.A. is in a good spot here. I've been on the Rams bandwagon all year, and I like that it's under a field goal. I definitely think the Rams cover his road dogs. Well, a couple of things we should, uh, we should bring up. So... In regular season play, Russell Wilson has lost 15 times. Not a bad number for a guy who's played that long. After a loss, he's 14-1 and one straight up. And in fact, 11-3-1 against the spread. And they always get hot in December. Especially at home. Now, this week, Bobby Wagner's out in the D. Uh, KJ Wright is in concussion protocol. He's out. Um, I'm looking for Wade Phillips. I don't know, really disrupt the offensive line. Um, get Russell Wilson playing off his back foot. I know he does amazing things in December, and he, but I, I, I personally think this game should be a pick so I'm going to take who's ever the underdog, and that would be the L.A. Rams at this point. All right, here's a big AFC matchup for you, Andy. Pittsburgh at home as three-point underdogs against the New England Patriots. He didn't look that shit hot. What the? Patriots and the Steelers are playing this week? I, I hadn't heard. <laughs> nah, fuck. Matt, in case you haven't heard, there's a little-known game being played in Steel Town between two teams who collectively have won over 20% of all Lombardi trophies ever presented. They're still pretty good, by the way. 
The Pats got embarrassed on Monday night with Jay Cutler and his Miami Dolphins. The Steelers need all of 60 minutes to beat the Ravens at home on Sunday night in a rather high-scoring affair. In the words of the great Mr. T, I pity the fool be playing the Patriots after a loss. I pity the fool. The Steelers have one more win on the season than New England does, but the winner of this game, well, provided that New England wins, they get the tiebreaker. So they're going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, provided that they continue to win out. Normally in a game like this, Ryan Shazier would be covering Gronkowski. But with him out, Gronk's going to have a pretty big day. I, I, I don't know what your thoughts about this are, but I think that's a pretty key matchup to look at. Um, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good game. I agree that it's going to be a good game. I, As a betting guy, I like the Steelers here as home dogs. Three points at Heinz Field. If it goes under three points, I'd probably go to New England. But at three points, Pittsburgh, I could think I could get at least get a pick em out of it because Pittsburgh likes to take it down to the wire with everybody. Well, they, uh, yeah, they did win last week by one point when favored by a lot more than that. Um, I'm not going to bet against the Tom and Bill show after a loss. They it's do. They do bounce do. back, but they do. I mean, they do good. They do good work. That but, train okay, has to so come he, off the tracks every now and then, though. Here's the other thing. This is they play f- um, four or five weeks on the road, so they they've been traveling over twelve thousand miles in this stretch. Yeah, and yeah, you got Gronk back. I know it's. Uh, yeah, I'm not committed to the, a result here. Again, this is more of you putting a gun to my head. Um, I'm going to lean on the Patriots at even at minus three. Actually, hang on. Let me double check. I got a feeling the spread's changed. No, it's still at three. But actually, with juice on the Steelers. So um, let's just call it a field goal. It's called a field goal. But um, I'm, simply, I'm simply looking forward to watching the game. Um, if I don't have a, a, a penny on the, uh, on the outcome, I don't care. I think this is going to be a great football game to watch. Okay, your San Francisco 49ers are at home against the Tennessee Titans. And, dude, they're favored by two points at home. Hang on. What did you just say? I I know. I had to double-check the line myself. They are favored by two points at home, and it's probably because the new mayor of San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo, is uh, behind the center. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this, uh, I'm sure the look headline on this one a couple of weeks ago would not have been the same. Um, admittedly so. I was high in Tennessee at the beginning of the season, but they've done nothing to impress me, especially recently. San Fran has done everything to impress me recently. So Jimmy G, uh, you may not know this, Matty, but he's never lost a game in the NFL which in which he started. Yes, Indeed, a very small sample size. But let's look how much money he's making this year. It's uh, somewhere between seven and eight hundred grand. Still a big payday for any regular Joe like us. As far as NFL standards, he's pretty much getting minimum wage. Yep. So, and he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. And you know that if he puts on a clinic in the last three games, six figures is going to quickly look like eight figures. And all that comes down to is the last three games. He's going to put in every freaking effort he possibly can. Um, he's going to uh, Goodwin has been a, a, a favorite target of his. 
Um, I think he's well prepared. I think he's he's poised in the pocket. Um, I'm not crowning him the new Joe Montana, but uh, it seems like we found our franchise quarterback. Uh, two points at home doesn't scare me against. I, I know Tennessee. I, yeah, they're looking for a playoff spot. I don't know how the hell they even got to this record. They did it very quietly and under the radar, and as far as I'm concerned, have no business being there. Uh, but that's where it's at. Uh, San Fran, you know, they're coming back. Oh, yeah, Jimmy G. Jimmy G, baby. Uh, actually, this is the first game you're starting at home now that I think about it. I love the fact that you're this excited, dude. And you got oh, reason yeah. to be. He looks good, man. He really does. And I think this is a good spot for San Francisco as well as a guy who doesn't really have a rooting interest. Um, and not only that, if Jay Cutler is worth $10 million to the Dolphins and Jimmy G wins out, He's definitely an eight-figure guy. That's, that's oh, yeah. 100% certain. But uh, I like the San Francisco 49ers here. Oakland at home against the Dallas Cowboys uh, for Sunday Night Football. Oakland, three-point underdogs at home. Well, this is not the Roger Staubach facing Kenny the Snake Stabler days, <laughs> but, you know, the Cowboys, well, both teams still have a shot at making the playoffs. Uh, reverse record 7-6 and six and 6-7 and seven respectively. But the Cowboys... You know, without Zeke, they were demonstrating their prowess to get their wins over division rivals, Washington and New York, respectively, in the past two weeks. Without Zeke, obviously, it's pretty hard to put this line much above a field goal, but um, the eye test seems to indicate that they're doing things pretty well on every side of the ball, and they're just giving themselves a chance to win. Um in the last two games, I think they are 6-0 in the turnover ratio. Alfred Morris has been playing well as of late, getting the ball into the end zone when called upon. He's one of those guys who will get penetration. The Raiders, on the other hand, are shitting the bed more than a drunk with irritable bowel syndrome after a late-night outing at Taco Bell. I'm not sure exactly what measures Jack Del Rio has implemented for his team this week, but I look for a strong outing from the Cowboys on Sunday night. The three points on the road for a team making the playoff run doesn't scare me one bit. Yeah, it. God damn it! Yeah, this this line pisses me off. It's because it's a pretty freaking solid line. Um, Cowboys normally, running game really stepped it up last week, though, man. Well, they like, did, yeah, they I did. Think it looked like they figured out that Alfred Morris was an actual human being on their roster that could run the football, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, hey, keep giving it to him." Tax for and you know, um, we talk about him quite a bit, but uh, uh, Sean's Sean's back in the lineup, and when that happens, they typically win. Oakland, yeah, when you get these uh, these nostalgic matchups, and you get a home team underdog under the lights in prime time, you gotta go for them, but I. I simply have to look at the eye test for the last couple of weeks. Not even just the recency effect of the last two weeks or last one week, but Dallas, they put on a clinic against Washington and they suddenly beat the Giants. Oakland crapped the bed entirely uh, up in Denver. 
almost embarrassed, which you would expect a bounce back game, but there, there's no continuity. Uh, it seems that uh, Cooper's going to be out again uh, with an injury, so he's not in. I, I'm sorry. We've been betting against Dallas quite a bit, but in this spot, I'm taking him this week, even on the road and even in prime time. Monday nighter, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers six-point underdogs at home against the visiting Atlanta Falcons. Oh, funny things happen on Monday night. It's a phrase that was used repeatedly by Al Michaels. Legend. Say, well, legend. You'd say that to keep people to step way past their bedtime um, <laughs> on lopsided games. Oh, yeah, maybe this is going to happen. Maybe this is going to happen. Uh, I don't see anything funny about this. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just... You know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. So let's acknowledge former Falcons linebacker Tommy Novus, who passed away this week at the age of 74. He was a five-time Pro Bowler, a member of the Ring of Honor, and actually was the first Atlanta Falcon ever, as he was picked first in the 1966 draft, the year they entered the league. You would think that that would give them a little bit of extra motivation? Possibly. On the other side of the field, ex-defensive player for the box, Warren Sapp, who we talked about earlier, has more sexual assault allegations. Jamie Cantor filed a wrongful termination suit in Los Angeles County Superior Court in October and a more detailed complaint Monday. According to the complaint, Sapp gave her sex toys as Christmas gifts, urinated in front of her, showed her nude photos of other women, and talked openly about his sex life in front of her and other co-workers at the NFL Network. During a radio interview Wednesday, Sapp had an interesting take on the allegations. I'm still trying to figure out where there's sexual harassment, he told host Andy Slater. Sapp admitted he to give co-workers sex toys, but said it wasn't about sex. Well, knowing Sapp and what he's about, I'm actually impressed he didn't ask the women if they were squirters when they opened their presents. Like, really? The old dick in a box didn't want any of that? Next time, stick with chocolate, my man. Not, not penis-shaped chocolates. Just a box of Lindor or something will do. All right, well, either way, we're going to have to make a pick on this game, and I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, like they say in the South, Maddie. Huh? Atlanta? Atlanta played the Saints last week. Guess who they're playing next week? Who that? The Saints. It's the same that damn near Saints. It's called a sandwich game. Tampa Bay Buccaneer Sandwich. Uh, it's also a divisional game. Uh, it's under the lights of primetime. Monday night. And they're home team dogs at six points. You see where we're going with this? I think you're taking the Bucks. 
I'm taking the bugs. All right, we dial up the president of the United States right now. We're going to talk some football. This is POTUS Picks. And Mr. President, in the wake of the firing of Cleveland general manager Sashi Brown and now hiring John Dorsey, all the while, Hugh Jackson keeps his job. How would you evaluate or provide advice on this decision? We cannot solve our problems by making the same failed assumptions and repeating the same failed strategies of the past. Mr. President, you said this week that you intend to aggressively pursue the idea of space exploration. We heard that the Clinton Foundation would like to be part of this initiative. Given the opportunity, where would you like to send Hillary and Bill? We will establish a foundation for an eventual mission to Mars and perhaps someday to many worlds beyond. Okay, it's time for Prognosticator's Potpourri. Andy's going to reach into his bag of awesomeness and pull out some nuggets of gambling goodness. What do you got for us this week, bud? Well, this will be short and sweet. I've got uh, got three teaser options for everyone, which you can mix and match as you see fit. Um, The first one is Green Bay Packers going from two-and-a-half-point dogs to eight-and-a-half-point dogs. Um, The Rams, who have exactly the same numbers, um, you should do the same thing for, and the Titans who are playing my 49ers are plus one and a half, but you take, you tease that up to seven and a half. All these teams, um, are road teams, but they all have relatively low totals all under 50, which makes them pretty good selections. So in any combination, tease the Packers, the Titans and the Rams. Thank you to all our fans for listening to episode 15 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week 15 games across the NFL. Thanks to President Trump for his insights. From the Cosa Nostra studios for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. Tune in next week at the same North Pole time on the same Santa Claus bet channel, Sayonara. <laughs>